everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Crime and Coffee Couple. My name's Allison. And I'm Mike. And it's good to have you back. Sure is. Yeah, we keep on increasing these listeners, so somebody likes some things they're hearing out there, and we appreciate it. And some people don't like us because we got our first... Not so good. Negative. Negative review. Yeah, yeah. So that, you know what, you can take it as you may, and that just means more people are listening, in my opinion. Yeah. So, you know, more people listening is good. So, yeah, I think the guy was from Texas. He didn't like some things that I was joking about with Texas, which I get. And, um, you know, no hard feelings for anybody living anywhere. We're all inclusive. It's all in good fun. Yeah, exactly. We make fun of ourselves, too. But apparently I talk in a very nasally voice. Yeah, and I was going to say, if anybody's nasally, it's me. Thank you very much. You know, it's one of those things. What am I going to do? Go have surgery or something on my vocal cords? It's worth a shot. I I am who I am. Yeah. So if uh, if you do like what you're listening, then please go to Apple um, Podcasts or Spotify and uh, get rid of those bad reviews if you could. (laughs) Just one so far right now. But we'll get more. And uh, we embrace them so whatever yeah. everybody's got their uh their you know thoughts i actually handled it pretty well i was like well i can't make everybody happy well he did end with f you mike so <laughs> it was directed mostly towards me to be honest which that, was, okay. that was actually pretty funny it I got, was i got a bit of a chuckle out of that it was check it out it's on our apple reviews so yeah. you can go look at it i think it's the second one in there so go check <laughs> oh, it out it's good for a laugh good times yeah so what else is going on with you i am in a festive mood if i get this youtube video up you'll see i'm wearing like a if uh, well I, when when i do when the last week's one isn't up yet so what the f yeah 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 so then things are a little discombobulated but i'm in a good mood because i've got um a little vacation coming up for myself going to my brother's bachelor party in las vegas and um, i'm kind of in a festive mood and uh and hopefully I, I survive i am not in a festive mood because i'm going back to work tomorrow yeah yeah well i mean i'm working tomorrow but you know once i take off and get everything going and uh it's vegas time baby it's vegas time actually i'm not jealous of you at all because that trip to me sounds like my personal hell yeah well we've kind of started drinking a lot less in the past like year yeah i'm really not into alcohol so much these days um i'll enjoy my occasional glass of wine on like vacation or something sure um but certainly i told mike i want it to be my goal to never have another hangover again right and that's and, like quite a goal because we do, you know, have uh, these opportunities to drink every so often with, you know, friends and stuff. Yeah. And we're not against it. Just a little no, bit No, and I don't judge what anybody else sure. is doing. I'm just talking about my own health and happiness because what I have found is that alcohol just, it brings me a lot of anxiety and I'm always been an anxious person, but I find that I can control it very well unless I'm hungover and then I'm spiraling and it's just not a good situation. Well, then you ask yourself, why am I doing this to myself? I'm, I'm doing this to myself. It's like <laughs> my choice. Again, it's like the whole thing of like, this is the definition of insanity. I'm doing the same thing, doing the same thing and expecting a different results. Yeah. So, you know, I've just, you know, over the past year, less than a year, I've just been focusing on trying to be healthier, not only physically, but mentally. And you've lost like what? 30 something pounds, 30, two pounds we always say when we were looking at like old pictures it looks like you were just kind of zoomed in like your face was fatter and your body was fatter not that there's like a little bit wider yeah nothing wrong with that and it was just it was weird it's almost like you didn't look like it was weird how it happened you don't look like uh i mean you look like you're basically the same person just like you know brought in more which is interesting and i just wasn't in a good place mentally so i'm just so happy that i've made the you know the steps to being a 
of just a better me, a better version of me. Yeah, well, I'm going to have a weekend of debauchery, and I, I get why you don't uh, look forward to that. And I, also, we're eating better, so I'm going to probably, I mean, I really don't eat a lot of meat anymore, so well, like you steaks. Can, you can continue that. I, yeah, oh, definitely. I have no, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting an In-N-Out burger, but I don't really even want the burger. It's weird. Well, just do you, Mike. Let everybody else do their thing. Of You're, course. That's the beauty of being an adult. We can make our own decisions. Yeah, absolutely, and I look forward to that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to be um, off the grid for about four days. So it should be interesting. And I'll call you like once, I think. You You'll be kids. like, uh, Well, what's nice is you get up at like, what, 4.30 in the morning to yes. go to work. So mm-hmm. I can call you when I'm coming in from the night. That's pretty true. Yeah. It's like three hours difference. That so. actually has happened before when you've been in Vegas. Yeah. I've been working at the kitchen table and you're coming in for the night, which again, is it's like my personal hell. What was that meme you sent me? Something about <laughs> cocaine? And- Somebody on Twitter was like, uh, um, yeah, uh, you're going to invite me to go out to dinner at like nine o'clock at night. Excuse me. I'm not exactly on cocaine like you are or something like that well because my bedtime is right around 8 30 ish on a work night so yeah. even on like we were away for a few days as a family yeah. for spring break and you and i were in bed at like 9 30 at night yeah there's nothing wrong with it we had a great day yeah because we were up early taking walks and in the fresh air and, and i like to get eight hours of sleep so if i can get to sleep at a decent time then i get my seven or eight hours and it's like okay well let's do whatever we want all day long yeah i like to be active and, and happy and healthy thank god i have you otherwise i would not be active um or happy probably at See? seven o'clock in the morning i'm like mike you ready for a walk i'd be drunk in a gutter it's probably what <laughs> well I you will be this weekend and so. like sure some of those mornings i'm like oh god just if i don't answer her then maybe she'll go away <laughs> maybe she'll just disappear <laughs> and sometimes it works a uh, guy sometimes it works so just don't answer them pretend you can't hear oh them. god are you kidding me you never get away with that uh, so the, uh, this townhouse we just rented there was two flights of stairs so you would go downstairs and i wouldn't have to hear from you yeah you like that division it was kind of nice you're like let's move let's get a, a three-story house we'll put you on the first floor right. and me on the third i think it'd be good for everybody it's like i don't exist right right so i guess we'll go ahead and just jump right in Let's if you're ready unless you have any other i'm ready things to chat about no thank you so this is the story of the murder of Raina ryson so Raina ryson was born sorry i need to uh like spell it r-a-i-n-a r-a-y-n-a i'm always curious Raina. okay she was born on May 6, 1976, to Ben and Karen Ryson in LaPorte County, Indiana. So in 1993, Raina was 16 years old. She was a sophomore at LaPorte High School. Um, real quick, the bicentennial, 1976. Oh, okay. 1776, okay. you know, 1976, okay. 200 years. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. Okay, sorry. Mm-hmm. She was born to who? Uh, her parents were Ben and Karen. Okay. So um, we're moving along to 1993. She is 16 years old, and she's a sophomore at LaPorte High School. Uh, Just to give you an idea, LaPorte, Indiana is a small, normally very low-key, quiet town without a lot of crime. It sits about 70 miles southeast of Chicago. And to date ourselves, um, we were born in 79, so we're pretty close. Yeah, we were negative three um, when she was born. Mm -hmm. So... um, when this all happens again, it's 1993. And Laporte, I've heard of it. You know, we grew up near Chicago, so yeah. Laporte, I actually I had never heard of it, oh. but oh. um. So Reina was a star student. She got good grades. She played multiple instruments in the school band, so very musically gifted as well. Um, she was not only hardworking at school, but also in her personal life. Um, just one of those kids that just has her head on straight. Probably her parents never have to worry about is she doing her homework, that sort of thing. Kind of like I was. I was kind of a goody two-shoes. Yeah, and your parents could always ask you for anything to do around the house because they know you would do it, number one, and that you would, you know, 
just be responsible enough to do it. I don't think my parents ever once said, Allison, do you have homework? Do you, you never, right. I just, I just got it done. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how she sounds. Hey, to be fair, um, I'm also in that boat. My parents never asked about my homework and that's I got true. it done. Somehow. You did it. You did it. No, I didn't do it at home or anything. I did it right before class, but I did get it done. When I met you though, I, I kind of made you do some more homework. You did. Like, you what taught do you me mean? writing no. and such. Wait, you have a paper due tomorrow? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out before I, I was like panicking for you. Yeah. Very much kind of how we are now. What's nice, you, <laughs> you introduced anxiety to my life, which I appreciate <laughs> so much. I'm anxious enough for the both of us. Yeah. So she held three part-time jobs. Wow. She was a go-getter, as well as volunteering at a local animal hospital where she would clean kennels and walk dogs. Mm -hmm. She was an animal lover, and basically her goal was become a veterinarian. So um, on Friday, March 26, 1993, Raina headed to work at the Pine Lake Animal Hospital, which it sounds to me when I say work, it was a volunteer job, not getting compensated for it. But um, a good way to you know increase your resume and absolutely. visibility and get to know people if you mm -hmm. want to be a veterinarian. And she probably just enjoyed it. Right. You know, when you love pets and you want to be helpful to them. So she she was going to be there for a short uh, shift. It was only from 4 to 6 p.m. that she was scheduled. So she planned to go on a date afterwards with her ex-boyfriend, Matt Elser. The two had recently split up, but they were working on rekindling the relationship. And ultimately, I think they had just planned on getting back together. So they were going to go on a date after her shift. Um, Matt was also a sophomore at LaPorte High School with Raina. So when Matt got to the animal hospital to pick Raina up, she wasn't there. The animal hospital looked visibly closed. The lights were turned out. Her car wasn't in the parking lot either. From there, Matt headed to Raina's house thinking, you know, maybe they got their plans mixed. There was some miscommunication, something like that. So she headed to her house. Her dad, Ben, said she wasn't there either. So immediately the family knew that something was off because mm -hmm. I say this, we say this in so many of the stories that we cover, you know, your kid, when a kid is responsible, they say where, where they're going to be, they're going to be there. Yeah. A lot of red flags. Yeah. So, you know, immediately, like you were mentioning yourself, you know, if, if you didn't show up for something, your parents would be like, that's not like Allison. Like right. this is, you know, Raina sounds similar where if she says she's going to be somewhere, she will be. Yeah. So there are alarm bells, even though it's only 6 p.m. at this point in time, they're nervous. Something's going on. So Raina was not the type of teenager, like I said, that would she she wouldn't be where she said she was going to be. By 1030 p.m. that night, the family's worry obviously continued to grow. So they went to the police station where they were told they had to wait 24 hours to file a missing persons claim. Now, is that the case in 2022? I don't know. But the whole idea that we would wait to start an investigation is bonkers to me because as time ticks by the window closes if, if somebody kidnaps a person they're only getting mileage between them and you yeah so, and like kind of like solving any crime the best chance is within 48 hours and then after right. that your chances go way down so i've heard from many many like twitter people um and you yeah, know just different people that have looked into things that that's complete horseshit that that's not real but I mean, you know, down to municipalities, I mean, there's got to be some truth behind it. But still, I mean, I, I get that people, you know, we, we actually know a police 
officer um, somewhere in Illinois. And he said that most times a missing person is called, it's they're found like in the person's house within a couple hours. Right. So. And, and that is the case. The percentages are definitely on the side that this person is unharmed and will return. But there's a side that they will never return. Right. So Get to, to me, just jump the gun and just do it. Right. Again, Better safe than sorry. This is 1993. Is that the case now? I don't know. I could have researched that. I didn't. I apologize. No, you did fine. <laughs> so um, in the meantime, the family wasn't going to just sit there and wait, as I would neither. So Raina's younger sister, Wendy, contacted all of her friends. None of them had heard from her or seen from her. Raina's older sister, Lori, also hadn't heard from her. Flyers were placed around town, and then the police eventually got involved. They made a public appeal for any information leading to Raina's whereabouts. So with this, multiple witnesses did come forward to report that they had seen Raina with two men in a sedan outside of the animal hospital. It appeared that they were potentially arguing with her. Hmm. So that's kind of a, a big deal. Yeah. Um, Matt was questioned first, of course. He put himself there. He was the one that discovered she wasn't there. And as soon as you mentioned like a significant other, it's like, okay, does this guy have anything to do with it? Sure. So that was reasonable. Um, He was described as straight-laced and a parent-approving young man. So basically somebody that you'd be relieved if your daughter was dating this gentleman. Right. So Raina's family trusted him, and they did not consider him to be a suspect. Police had no reason to doubt the story that they to- that he told them. So the following day, Raina's car was found nine miles from the hospital on County Road 200 East. The car's hood had been popped, which led investigators to believe that she stopped because she had car trouble. Sure. However, the key was still sitting in the ignition, and the car started with absolutely no problem. Hmm. So then they began to think, okay, whoever put the car here probably tried to stage it as if there was car trouble. Or like why did they pop it. the hood? Because you can overheat it and then let it cool down and then it's fine to start later. Potentially. Yeah. So um, inside the car sat Raina's purse and as well as a man's ring. So Matt was able to identify the ring quickly as belonging to Jason Tibbs, who was Raina's ex-boyfriend. Oh, wow. Now, this is kind of a, a long time ago. They had dated for six months while she was. they were both in seventh grade, Jeez. which is very young. Because, again, yeah. our son is in seventh grade, and I can't fathom him having a girlfriend right now. He doesn't have interest <laughs> in either sex of any sort. Yeah, so. yeah. And, I mean, our, our son is just, he's the best. Although, but. I did see a TikTok of a scantily clad young lady as I was walking by him. So, you know. Just keep that in mind. Okay. We'll see. Well, kids will hide more than, you know, than we know. So, but regardless, I can't imagine him being in a relationship in seventh grade. Mm -hmm. So shortly after their breakup, Raina began dating Matt, who, of course, she was rekindling her relationship with at this point in time. So when police questioned Jason, he said that he had done some work on her car recently. He had taken his uh, his ring off when he was doing the work in the car and just forgotten to put it back on. Mm -hmm. That's what he told the police. So in terms of his alibi, he said he was playing a game of fox hunting. Is that anything you've ever heard of? Like a real life game of fox hunting? It's not what it sounds like. Okay. He wasn't out hunting fox. Oh, like looking for chicks? No. Oh. So what it is, and I had never heard of it either. Obviously, this isn't far from where we grew up, but I've never heard of this. Um, on, so on the evening in question, he said he was fox hunting. So what fox hunting is, it's apparently a game of hide and seek that's played in cars where friends give clues over the CB radio and the seeker tries to find them based on their clues. Well, we never had CB radios. So well, that's, that's true too. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> so. If that, it would have helped quite oh, a bit. Actually, I did have a CB radio. Yeah, but it wasn't yours. Up. It was your mom and dad's. Yeah. And your friends didn't have CB radios. <laughs> you didn't have a CB radio? <laughs> like every kid that's a kid should have a CB radio. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway, it kind of sounds a little bit fun. Yeah, sounds fun. So, friends confirmed that, yes, Jason had been playing fox hunting with them that evening, but no one actually saw them because you're not truly together when you're fox you're trying not to be seen exactly and everyone's in different areas but he was heard over the cb as playing fox hunting decent alibi yeah decent but not great right so america's most wanted aired a segment on reyna and from this police received a tip that led them to fail road where they found a letterman's jacket about seven miles from where reyna's car was found Hmm. the jacket belonged to matt who had given it to reyna okay so it was definitely linked to her Her current boyfriend mm -hmm. that had given it to reyna okay yep so it was in her possession when she disappeared so the case gained little progress, but exactly one month later, on April 26, 1993, a man was fishing with his teenage daughter at a local pond just off Range Road, north of US-20 in LaPorte County. The girl, that the teenage girl that was fishing with her dad, she got bored, so she decided to kind of go off and explore the, the area around the pond. So while she was walking, she found a girl's body with her clothes on floating in a pond with two logs across her back. That sucks. Yeah, it sucks really bad. Imagine finding that too. No, I, I, um, you'd probably be scarred for life. It's yeah. something you could never close your eyes and forget the sight of again. Right? Yeah, it's um, yeah, not something you expected that day while no. you're out fishing. Out fishing with your dad. So the her father called the police, and when detectives arrived, they found that the clothing matched what Reina was wearing when she disappeared. So mm. very soon, it was confirmed that it actually was Reina. So an autopsy was done, and her body had no injuries, and the cause of death was ruled to be asphyxiation. Wow, incredible Asphyxi- asphyxiation! Yeah, strangling. easy for me to say. No, I guess. So the case was ruled a homicide. Okay. So investigators got a tip to look into Reina's brother-in-law, and as I tell you this part of the story it is so messed up and disgusting and twisted it's just you'll hear so Lori's husband yes her sister her older sister lawyer Lori. my apologies so it was her brother-in-law that okay. they got a tip on so his name is ray mccarty mm-hmm. they soon discovered that when reyna was only 11 years old ray began to molest her oh jeez, what a piece of shit and two years later he actually got her pregnant oh no really yes really this girl that has like everything, you know, doing, oh, that's so sad. I mean, anybody, any, it's whether it's disgusting. a girl that has her life together or not, any kind of what girl, boy, whatever, and molestation and assault is just like so disgusting. Right. To somebody that you should be trusting. It's your brother-in-law. It's right. like a family member. And that's why, you know what? Watch every single relationship in your family. And it sucks that men are looked at, you know, as a man. I always feel weird if I'm like by myself at the park or something, you know, like if I used to go get lunch and like look out at a lake and like, you know, there might be a playground behind me. It's like, if I'm a mother right now, I'm like looking at me. Well, because you don't have a child there. Right, right. And hey, creep, what are you doing sitting here? Yeah. And men, you know, usually were looked at. Like if you're with the your daughter and your daughter's freaking out and like you know just pitching a bitch or whatever it might be, um, having a fit. Like there, some people are like, oh, is this guy's taking her? You know. Whereas if it was a woman and you have a little girl with you, they're like, oh, that's the mom. And the, right, you know, it's right. it's different for a man and it's hard. But it's also for things like this. Like if you're in a family and you know you're at a big family party and you see a guy, you know, play, and I used to play a lot with my cousins and stuff. You know, when I was older, so it's like I can see you know being looked at more because yeah. you got to be careful because men have a very big sexual drive very big and there's people that are attracted to younger folks for whatever reason and for it's whatever horrible. sickness is happening inside yeah, of they them. can't control it you know and it's, it's disgusting but 
um, it's yeah something you got to watch out yeah, for. Yeah, it's it's sick. So Raina ended up getting an abortion, and Ray was convicted of child molestation. He received a three-year suspended sentence in 1991. His probation had ended January 5th, 1993, just two months before Raina was murdered. So when he was questioned, he claimed that he never saw her that evening. And also, he's still married to the sister, Lori? Is, from what I can understand, like, yes. I mean, fuck you, Lori. You, like, what the hell? And I can't confirm that 100%. Okay, Lori, if you broke up with them after that, then good job. If you didn't, then you need to get your head checked. I mean, this is ridiculous and disgusting yeah but, so i don't know if they split but i mean can you fathom it i mean two things one he you know sexually assaulted your sister and impregnated her which it doesn't matter whether he impregnated her or not and then secondly he's attracted to little girls he's not attracted right, to you this is you're a beard basically that's terribly scary it's disgusting so um he said he never saw her that evening but then he quickly changed his story he said that around 5 40 p.m on march 26 1993 he was looking for a house for sale on warren street which was only a block away from the animal shelter, um, or I'm sorry, animal hospital, and that he found Raina sweeping and mopping the foyer of the hospital and asked her where Lori was. He said that she told him she did not know where she was, and he left. He said that he initially denied that he saw her that day because after he left the hospital, he picked up a female hitchhiker, saying that Lori was still untrustworthy of him after he molested her sister. Oh, how dare he? she be untrustworthy of this guy that raped her, basically. And basically, I filed this up in my notes with what in the actual hell? Yeah. She's untrustworthy? Dude, you're a friggin' child molester. Not to mention, he should have like a restraining order, you know, whatever. I don't know what the situation was. I'm sure there yeah. probably was, but... but the fact that don't he could approach her, her and again. talk to her. Yeah. How dare you? Right. How dare you set foot in the place where I'm working and ask me where my friggin' sister is? I mean, as the father of this, you know, of, of um, Raina, I'd have a hard time, like, not murdering this oh, guy. Oh, I can't even, I can't wrap you my know, head around We it. shouldn't pr- bring things into our own hands, you know, and take somebody's life, but it'd be really hard not to. Yes, it would be very hard. So, Ray was definitely a person of interest, but they had no solid evidence to link him to her murder. Yes, he had seen her. Yes, he had talked to her. But there was nothing showing that he had actually done anything to her. So, the case at this point is is gone cold. So, a year and a half later, Indiana police pulled over a van driven by Larry Hall. In this van, they found newspaper clippings about Raina, as well as a prescription bottle labeled for R. Ryson. Larry claimed that he had abducted and murdered Raina, but police soon discovered that he was actually in Kentucky at the time of her death. Who in the hell tries to pretend they were part of a murder when they weren't? So he wasn't part of it? No, he was in Kentucky. Wow. So that is crazy. The prescription bottle. I I thought we were at the end of this story, basically. Like, he's the one that did it, and then we find out how it happened. No. Oh, my God. The prescription bottle was said to be fake, so he made it with her initials on there. What a psycho. What a nut. Oh, my God. So, I I said in here, why are people so messed up? I mean, really? Go get a friggin' hobby. Fish. I mean, maybe he's, like, missing jail or something. Well, he wants to get back in. you'll see more about him. So he was ruled out as a, sp- a suspect in Raina's case, though later sentenced to life in prison for the murder of 15-year-old Jessica Roach from Georgetown, Illinois, in 1993. Was this the hitchhiker he picked up? Uh, no, that was um, the brother-in-law that oh. picked up the hitchhiker. Oh, this is a totally different guy. Okay. 
So the other thing is, is that it's possible that he had killed 30 to 40 women, including the Springfield Three, which I think I'd heard of this case. It's three missing women in 1992 from Springfield, uh, Missouri. And that just got solved recently, right? I'm not entirely well, sure. Well, now but, it did, because he did. Um, well, I'm not I'm not entirely sure how that case goes, but I think I might cover it soon. So I did the Fort Worth Trio last yes. week, and you can listen to that one. And there's there, the reason people think that that could still be solved is because another like missing person thing got solved. I think that's it. Okay, so, so I, it I think I'm going to cover that case. Yeah. Um, and then Tammy's Wiki, who was last seen in 1992 on the side of the road by her car in central Illinois. He was also linked to that. So he's definitely a monster, but not Raina's monster. Okay. So five years later, in 1998, detectives revisited the case and looked at all the suspects. So again, Matt Elser, the guy you know that she was dating and rekindling the relationship with, he still remained, his story remained unchanged. Police continued to believe his innocence. So again, he's quickly ruled out. So then they look at Jason Tibbs again, who was doing the fox hunting, had left his ring in Raina's car, who was apparently fixing her car. He was the one she dated when they were in like seventh grade. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, this His story, again, was unreliable because he was never seen by those that he was supposedly playing with. Okay. When looking at the brother-in-law, Ray McCarty, police obtained a search warrant and searched his property. They found blood in his car, which... I, I'm not quite sure why they didn't get a search warrant to begin with, because not only had he been somebody that was abusing her in the past, he saw her the, the evening that she went missing. Yeah. But they didn't get a search warrant until five years later. Okay. So I'm not entirely sure about why. Okay. So when they did get the search warrant, they found blood in his car and two handguns and a stun gun in his home. He was arrested and charged with Raina's murder in May of 1998. While Ray was in jail, the state had appointed a new prosecutor, Robert Beckman, who felt that there wasn't enough evidence to take the case to trial. Because Ray was a hunter, they deduced that the blood could potentially have been from an animal. Sure. I mean, just because you have blood, just because you have guns doesn't mean you killed somebody. Exactly. I get that. Um, detectives were never able to determine where the blood came from. Okay. Like was you, it animal? Was it human? They don't know. You would think a DNA test would solve that, but maybe that's too early on. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Or maybe it was just washed too much or something. Perhaps. Because okay. it was five years that had elapsed. Yeah. So Ray was released in August of 1999 and the case again turned cold. So now we're moving on to exactly 15 years later. March of 2008, a man named Ricky Hammonds came forward with more information. Ricky was in prison at the time, serving a 45-year sentence for killing 25-year-old Daniel Cassidy, who was shot nine times outside LaPorte in 1999. So at the time of Raina's death, he was 14. And he said he saw Jason Tibbs and his friend Eric Freeman pull up to his family's barn in his sister's car. Wow. At the time, Eric was dating Ricky's sister, so that's why he would have had the car. So keep in mind that an eyewitness came forward during the case to say that they had seen two men in a sedan arguing. talking and look like they were arguing with Raina outside of the animal hospital. This makes more sense because it's two men. Mm -hmm. So it's Eric and Jason. 
So Ricky said he saw a body in the trunk of the car that had been covered with a blanket, its face exposed. When he saw Raina's case on the news, he was able to identify that this is the body he saw in the car or in the trunk. Wow. He said he didn't come forward at the time because he had been smoking marijuana in the barn and didn't want to get into trouble. (laughs) So he stayed quiet until he was already imprisoned 15 years later. Ah, wow. So he was like thinking... Man, I want to tell somebody, but I also don't want to get in trouble for this. For yeah, because they'd was, be like, why were you out there? Exactly. He was 14 years old at the time. He didn't want to get oh, in trouble. Man. So he kept quiet for for 15 years. For something now he's serving a 45 year sentence. He's like, what do I have to lose? <laughs> That's way worse than marijuana. You know, I'm, I'm convicted of shooting a man and killing him outside of um, Laporte, so I've got nothing to lose at this point. Right. So that's what prompted him to come forward at, in 2008. Okay, man. So Eric was interviewed, though denied have, having anything to do with Raina's murder. Now, um, fast forward five years later, now we're moving on to 2013. Okay. So this is 20 years after Raina was murdered. So Ricky came forward with a story in 2008. Yes. Now we're getting 2013. Eric said, nope, nope, didn't happen. Nothing to do with it. Okay, got it. So, so that was like the missing link. Like police were like, well, if Eric says no, then we can't We do have anything. nothing. We have nothing. Because all we can do is say that Ricky may have seen something in a car. Yes. Okay. And maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Right. So nothing happens in 2008. Okay. Now we're moving Moving on to uh, 2013, and this is 20 years after Raina was murdered. So the police come to Eric. They say, please just give us your testimony. We will give you immunity. You will have nothing done to you if, if you come and give us your story. So Eric comes forward. He says he and Jason had gone to see Raina at 6 p.m. as her shift ended at the animal hospital. He said that Jason wanted to convince her to get back together with him, but she absolutely refused. At this point, Jason felt that if he couldn't have her, no one could. He knocked her to the ground and later strangled her to death. Jesus Christ, man. That's insane. Like, insane. How many pieces of shit is this family hanging out with? Like, and he, I believe, is Raina's age, so he was only a teenager. Right. Like, he was a 16-year-old. Talk about some demons in this kid. Right? And not to mention you had a little relationship in the seventh grade. Like, it's like, dude, I move mean, on. As a teenager, that's like part of your life, you know, a big part of your life. But, yeah, but you don't go ahead and murder somebody over it. Yeah, I mean, generally, murder don't murder anybody over no. anything. No. And then so Eric said they then drove to the Hammonds barn, not realizing that Ricky was hiding inside. So they're thinking they're out there by themselves and did not have anyone watching them. But lo and behold, they did. They then dumped her body in the pond where she had been found. Obviously, Jason had been a person of interest early in the case, hence finding her ring. Like right from the get go, his ring was in her car when it was found. Yeah, it's not like as soon as you say that. You're like, um, and you just left it there and then nobody ever found and, and it. And is it possible that he sure. was working on her car and took it off? Of course it was. Yeah. But she was murdered yeah. and your ring is sitting there in her car. But also, wouldn't he recognize that his ring's gone? Uh, I mean, just in the heat Possibly, of but who knows where it could have fallen off. Yeah. It could have fallen off anywhere. Right. So um, they also found letters in her room from Jason to Raina saying he would go to almost any extreme to be her boyfriend again. It's like, ooh, stalker at the ripe old age of 16 years old. So trial began in October of 2014 and ended one month later. During the trial, the defense tried to focus their attention back to Ray McCarty as Raina's killer because one time he had actually threatened to kill Raina. Sure. um, If she told anyone about his sexual abuse. 
The jury didn't believe the defense's theory and found Jason guilty. It's crazy that this girl could have had two people right? like, definitely, definitely murder her. Yes. Like, this guy, Ray, is a huge piece of shit and definitely deserves some some even worse than what he's got in jail. And then Jason like kind of comes out of nowhere as a person because you would think it would be Ray, the, the molester and everything. Right. Because he had just gotten released yeah. two months before like, that. Very good timing. But that also shows you you can't just say, you know, just because it's it, not always the obvious thing. Right. But I guess in this case, it kind of is because the ring was sitting right there. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. So in December of 2014, Jason Tibbs at age 39 was arrested and charged with Raina's murder and sentenced to 40 years in prison. Jeez. Which 40 years, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a lot to me for killing somebody. Well, I mean, that's most of the rest of his life. So yeah. that's good. But at the same time, you get like, well, good good behavior. And then uh, this and this. He and, was a model prisoner. Yeah, house arrest. You know, we'll keep you on house arrest for 20. Like, this guy really deserves nothing. Like, and, uh, I guess, you know, he's 39 and or 40 at that time. He, he was 39 at the time that he was found guilty yeah. to serve 40 years in prison. Of course, he did this 20 years before. Yeah. So it looks like he was actually about 19 okay. when he killed Raina. She was 16. He was 19. But still. So because of Indiana sentencing guidelines, inmates receive a day of freedom for every day served. So ultimately... Boom. He's only going to serve 20 years. There you go. Which puts him out of prison before he's even 60 years old, Mm. which to me is insane. You murder somebody and you're out in 20 years. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the murder. You know, you murder somebody and, you know, there was some kind of a, a fight or whatever, you know, then that probably goes under different rules and stuff. But in this situation... I mean, this is just, he felt that he was better and he needed to take her life because nobody else, you know, deserved her life. That's a horrible, horrible murder. That's just... And he was only 19 at the time. What could he be capable of age, at age 59? I was wondering if he's killed anybody else or any other, like, you know, assaults or anything like that. You would think that there would be. Right. You know? It's It'd be very out of character to murder somebody and then have a crystal clear, ca- you know, record yeah. in the meantime. Right. So um, during the trial, Raina's family were able to tell Jason face to face about the pain and suffering they had endured. Her father showed video a video of Raina's life from birth to death, including baby pictures and home videos of Raina opening her Christmas presents and getting ready for prom. Raina's father said, hopefully now my family can find some semblance of peace from what we've been through for the last 20 years. And they knew him pretty well, right? Yeah, they would have known. And it's it's a small town. Yeah. You know, it's not like there's a lot of people. So I'm sure they knew him. So it was probably while Raina was in seventh grade and he was in like 10th or something, something like that? Something like that, yes. So he would have been three years older. So what a winner. Uh, sophomore dating a freaking seventh grader. Right, which on, is bud. very creepy to me. It's, it's super creepy. So this girl's got like sexual like predators basically coming at her every direction. Yeah. Poor thing. Poor thing. Gosh. So according to A&E, of the 285,000 cold cases in the U.S., just one in five will name a new suspect. Of those suspects, only one in 20 will be arrested and just one of those in in 100 will be charged and convicted. So not very good odds. No, cold cases once they go cold is pretty, pretty slim. Which is pretty amazing that this one was solved after 20 years. And that's why it's important to have things like podcasts and news people to just bring things back up because you never know Mm -hmm. because a situation like Ricky, who he was in the slammer for a long time, and then he said, well, you know what? I'm finally ready to talk about this. Exactly. And it might be on their conscience. They might need to hear it one more time. Right. Or, you know, if it's that one more time the story is told or somebody they know, like, hey, you know, this was told on a, a you know, America's Most Wanted or on a podcast I heard or on a Facebook page or TikTok. I saw a TikTok about this. Right. The odds aren't good, but 
it happens. Yeah. So in February of 2018, Ray McCarty was arrested in New Carlisle on a preliminary charge of felony battery resulting in serious bodily injury. Of course, this is the disgusting brother-in-law. On February 25th, 2018, Ray committed suicide while in jail. Hey, I mean... I That's, mean, we don't promote suicide, but it's a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, absolutely the not. Definitely do not promote suicide. I mean, there's there's help to be had. But in Ray's case, I uh, am not super sad that he No. Did. In September 2018, Jason Tibbs sought a new trial. Russell Brown and Scott King, attorneys handling the appeal, said that the defense made a mistake in not presenting the findings of FBI analysis of evidence during the 2014 trial. They claim that trace amounts of fibers were found in Raina's hair and were consistent with the carpet from Ray's trunk. And again, they did find blood in his car. <laughs> so, so she's been in his trunk at some point? Potentially. Okay. They claim that the trace amounts of fibers, like I said, were consistent with his car. But during the trial, Jason's lawyers didn't ask for court permission to present the FBI's results to the jury saying that there were scheduling difficulties with the FBI agent involved in the analysis coming to testify about the findings. So you're telling me it's possible Ray still did. It is possible because they said they also believe that Eric Freeman had been coached when giving his statement to the police. Jesus, man, this is crazy. They basically said, we made a mistake. (laughs) So, you know, it's one of those cases. Do they have the right guy? That's insane. And you know how like when we've talked about this many times, how you can get a, a suspect in there and ask them enough questions, ask them enough times where they'll admit something and right. kind of like force them into it, basically. Like they're so crazy that they're like admitting things that they didn't even do. Right. They even say like you could go without sleep for so many hours that you actually start to believe what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But then you'd have to say that Ricky lied about what he saw. Because he said he saw Raina's body in his sister's car, which was driven by Eric and Jason. Well, Ricky probably saw something. You know, I all he's saying is that he saw something, and then you know, I don't, I don't know how much I'd put into like him being able to identify it's the same body. He, but, I mean, he said he saw the, a body in the car. Yeah, and how can you say it's that person's or whatever? It could be like a sack of tires or something. You know, I don't know. I mean, my my first instinct would be to go to this Ray guy, but at the same time, this Jason as well, and he had those conversations that you know he if he can't have her, oh, unless Eric was like telling stories for some reason. I mean, because Eric was given immunity, so no matter what he said, he wasn't going to get in trouble for it. But, but also, why would he do that to his friend? Yeah, you're not going to throw him under the bus. Unless they had bad blood between them for an, a reason we don't know. Yeah, unless they found something for Eric, you know, maybe something secondary, and they're like, we're going to give you immunity from everything. Not just this, but also this. And they connect them together. Be like, okay, you just stole this car. Um, you're not going to be charged with it if you can get this guy in jail for yeah. us. Yeah, so... Oh I mean, I, I hope they've got the right guy because that would seriously suck to be Jason Absolutely. and be in prison for something you did not do. And that's why the death penalty, I mean, you really kind of got to stay away from that for the most part, unless it's like 100% this mm-hmm. guy did it. There's a million things. He admitted to it. Sure. Like, you know, that's, we saw it on film, yeah, yeah. you know, but in this case. That's a whole other ballpark about death penalties and whatever. Yeah. But this is, uh, yeah. wow, what a frustrating case. Yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah, and I and mean, the fact the end, that it was Reina's solved. Gone. 20 years later crazy but, so well yeah hey 
Well, thank you for the story. Good, yeah. Good job. And thank you all, all for being here with us. And we will be back next week for another episode. Yeah. I can't Until wait. Until then. Until then. Cheers. Keep on drinking that coffee. You know cheers. what I'm saying? Oh, and uh, check us out on Patreon. So, um, you yeah, know, if you want to give us a couple bucks, go to ahead. Feed our coffee addiction. Right. We'd appreciate it. Yes. All right. We will